It's a primary day here in Michigan, and of course the general election is looming, and your place for all political coverage is WJR. Nikki Haley was on with Tom and Kevin yesterday. Governor Gretchen Whitmer was on JR Morning this morning. And how about President Trump going to be wow. on with Chris Renwick today at 218? Tell you. Talk this about is the a place major to be. player. Just the place to be. He's trying to lock up that nomination. We'll see what Chris had to say. We're going to check in with Chris at 849 and see how that interview went. So 218 if you want to listen to President Trump. Let's bring in now Scott Klug, former Wisconsin congressman and host of the podcast Lost in the Middle, Americans Political Orphans. Good morning, Scott. Hey, good morning. Scott, perhaps you don't care for the major political players. We have this rematch looming and you're in the middle. That's who you're talking to with your podcast. Yeah, I am. So it's it's not necessarily how I feel. It's how the American public feels. So, you know, this started um, last January during the first Kevin McCarthy fiasco when I got stopped by people, you know, at the cereal aisle of a grocery store and a line in a movie theater saying what you know, the F is going on. I mean, the Republicans are trying to ban middle school books around the country, and the Democrats are trying to take the stove out of my kitchen. It's like, who signed up for these people? So if you look at the numbers, a uh, long study done by the Brookings Institute, sort of a slightly left think tank in Washington, they ask people if they want a political party to the left of the Democrats, to the right of the Republicans, leave things alone or split the middle. And split the middle was 44%, which, if you do the math, which isn't very complicated, turns out to be almost 71 million people. And that's where the great majority of Americans are right now. And I think they're extraordinarily frustrated with the choice we have. And that with 300 million people in the country, how are these our only two options? And and so, um, uh, Scott, you, got, uh, you had about three different candidates who – had really serious independent candidacies. You had uh, Teddy Roosevelt, you had George Wallace, of course, and everybody remembers Ross Perot. Um, they all didn't fare as well. Is this the year, though, that an independent candidate could, could make some waves? Um, I don't think so, but I think it's coming. And let me tell you why I say that. Um, if you look at trends in the country right now, the independents are the fastest growing registration. They're the fastest growing. The independents are the largest uh, voters in Nevada. They're the largest voters in Arizona. Unaffiliated are actually the largest group in New Hampshire. And if you look at the Trump primary against Nikki Haley, that's a lot of the folks who showed up and voted for her. So that's the Chuck that represents. I don't think there's anybody right now who's sort of got the combination of skill sets you need. Mm -hmm. you need. You need charisma. You need organization, um, and you need sort of the wind behind your back. I think the wind behind your back moment is out there. I just don't think Kennedy's got it. I don't think Cornell West has it. Um, Perot was really the last one. You know, the other thing your listeners might not understand is how wired the whole system is against independent candidates for president. You have to have – there are four states that make it virtually impossible to get on the ballot mm -hmm. unless you're part of a party – the four states are amazingly New York and California. You might think the Democrats might have had something to do with that. And the other two states are Florida and Texas, where you think the Republicans had something to do with that. In California, you have to have 171,000 verified signatures. Nobody's had that kind of organization except Ross Perot, except the libertarians tend to get on ballots in most states. But they've been an accepted party for a long time. So I think if you, if, you, if you just sort of listen to how people are talking about politics these days, how bewildered and frustrated they are, I think there's going to come a moment for it. But I don't think it's the right candidate, and I don't think it's quite the right time yet. 
I had a long talk with Mike Murphy a couple of weeks ago on my show, Lost in the Middle. Um, and uh, Mike Murphy, who used to be McCain's campaign manager, and I both agree that we're probably four years or eight years away. But if you were put, if you're going to put money in the stock market, if that's the way political parties were, you'd put it on independents. The Republicans and Democrats are shedding registration. That's a trend that started a few years ago, and now it's really starting to spike. You know, the bottom line is nobody under 30 really affiliates with a political party. That's true. Mm-hmm. And young people looking for different ways to have their voices heard instead of just voting for the lesser of two evils. I think, do you think the lack of legislation coming out of Congress could also feed into this independent thinking because they're not doing anything. They just like stall one house to the other. Yep, you're correct. And I was there when, uh, I, you know, in the olden days, in the 90s, when there was a serious block of uh, blue dog Democrats in the middle and a block of moderate Republicans in the middle. I was a Republican from Madison and people would say, Lord, how'd that ever happen? But, you know, there was a Republican <laughs> from Iowa City and Carl Purcell was a Republican from Ann Arbor. So um, there's no real incentives in the system right now to get things done. I mean, you worry about a primary challenge. That's the whole game these days. And if you if you say I work with the other party, you're sort of shunned by both parties. Right. Um, yeah. And, and let's take the immigration bill. That's a perfect example. I mean, if the two of us, you know, went down to a Detroit coffee shop and asked people how to get an immigration deal done, I think pretty quickly they'd write two things on the paper, right? A stronger border better security and the second thing they'd write is figure out some way to reward the dreamers and Mm -hmm. figure out some way a pathway for folks who've been here for 20 years working on roofs and working in grocery stores and doing everything else and paying taxes the right way so this time out the republicans can take the bow because the house um killed you know the bipartisan deal that was drafted in the senate But if you go back and look, in 2003, it was Chuck Schumer who did the same thing because he wanted it as an election year issue and not to solve and not to solve it. And if you, you know, George W. Bush said his failure to get an immigration reform bill was the greatest disappointment of his presidency. You know, and that was almost 20 years ago. So we keep doing this to ourselves and that climate that, you know, that you talked about, um, Jamie has only made things that that much worse. You know, the um, Nikki Haley is still in the race. Uh, she says she's going to be in the in the race at least through uh, Super Tuesday. If she if drops out of the race after Super Tuesday, could she be a no labels candidate? Could she be a good candidate for a third party, either her or, or Gavin Newsom, who you see on TV seems like every other second recently? <laughs> yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood, Gavin Newsom, yeah. that's what I like to call him. Um, I, th- yeah, I don't think Nikki's going to be a third-party candidate. It, it, it will show that um, one of the toughest things to do in American politics is to run as a Republican and a Democrat and then at some point become an independent. So if you're a Republican and you become an independent, the Democrats will say, well, the hell with you. You used to be a Republican. You're still a Republican. And the Republicans will say, traitor, I'm not going to vote for you. Mm-hmm. So, th- So that's a hard path forward. I think Nikki is hanging in here on the assumption that there's a possibility that Trump's legal problems get more serious mm-hmm. and there's some kind of movement at the convention. It's the long odds. I don't think any of the trials are going to happen that quickly, just given the clock. But I think that's what she's playing. People will say, well, she's doing this for four years from now, but she'll have a tough time in a Republican primary four years from now. Um, 
No labels, I think, is an interesting concept. I, I mean, I know those people. We we talk to them regularly. Um, you know, our hearts are sort of in the same place. But they've got the registration problem we were talking about. Mm-hmm. They've only got on uh, actual no labels members, and this is the group that's talked about having a bipartisan ticket, a Republican and a Democrat, right. and the sort of potential candidates keep going back and forth. Um, but I don't think they've got the troops on the ground to get it down and to hire a professional firm, which people will do occasionally in Senate and governor races to actually get signatures done um, is very difficult. And as you know, in Michigan, when somebody did that, it actually crashed two campaigns, I think, because they didn't have the true numbers they needed to actually get on the ballot. So I think no labels, you know, I think there was a lot of hope and a lot of buzz in October and November Larry Hogan, who was a very popular Republican governor in Maryland, who was rumored to be the candidate, uh, the vice presidential candidate on the no labels ticket, just resigned from the organization and instead running for Senate. So I think they're out there as a placeholder for what may become a movement um, down the line. But I just don't think they can get it done. There's really not even an indication of what the process is to pick a candidate. They're supposed to have a convention in Dallas, I think, coming up next month or maybe in April. But mm-hmm. I just think that's too late to get on the ballots. That's just the reality. So for those folks who you hear from in our podcast, LostMiddle.com, um, it's a very frustrating situation. Do you think it's going to be the exact same rematch, but there's this movement coming that could change American politics down the line? Um, Scott Klug, former member of Congress from Wisconsin and former TV news guy. I'm a former and a former and a Medill guy. I'm a Medill as well. Oh, here so we, we have go. a lot That's in common. We have you know, a I'm a re- go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say we have a ton in common, TV news and Medill. Yeah, well, I've got the whole axis of evil covered, right? So I was a <laughs> journalist, then I became a politician, and now I'm a lobbyist. So this puts me in complete disregard by and contempt by all the American public, but I'm still here telling the story of the lost middle. But you have a, a topic that people can certainly relate to, this national podcast, Lost in the Middle, Middle, America's Political Orphans. Thank you, Scott Klug. Hey, thanks very much, man. We could talk later in the election season. Very good. We'd love to have you. Um, great. So coming up, we're going to you could win tickets to the Michigan Golf Show. We're going to talk a little fitness and get some behind the scenes uh, questions into Chris Renwick on the whole Trump interview. That's yeah. next.